Welcome to the Voice of Albertans with Disabilities podcast for June 2023. I'm Teresa Makravich, your host and VADS Program and Service Manager. Thanks for joining us today. In today's podcast, I'll be talking with Brandy Gosner, Financial Advisor with ATB Wealth, about RDSPs. I wanted to get Brandy on the podcast to discuss the ins and outs of RDSPs and how they can help as a disability savings plan. Together, we hold the power. Please welcome Brandy. Hello, thank you for having me. Yourself. So, yeah, I'm Brandy Gasper. I'm a financial advisor with ATB Wealth. As an advisor, I work with a lot of different clients, you know, from retirement planning to people setting up for education, savings for houses, lots of things. But based on my personal experiences, because I have a daughter with multiple disabilities, and I've taken her from being a young child into adulthood and having to navigate all the different programs like FSCD and PDD and AISH and guardianship and trusteeship. I have that real personal intimate knowledge of supporting families with disabilities. And because of that, I'm really passionate about helping clients and families, not just the client, but the whole family with working on the financial plan for that person with a disability. Because like I always say myself, I have to look after my daughter and her financial health, but I also have to look after me. Someday I want to retire, right? And I have to look after my son's post-secondary university education. So there's so many different moving parts, and I have such an intimate knowledge of it that this is where my passion lies, is helping families with disabilities. ATB Wealth has been amazing in supporting me and working with this because it's such a complicated aspect of financial planning that a lot of advisors don't want to take it on because there's so much going on. And I'm like, yay, let me do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. <laughs> so that's kind of a little bit about me in a nutshell and what I do um, outside of work and things like that. You know, I'm a mother of two. My husband and I have a business in Airdrie. We live in Crossfield. In my free time, we like to fly our airplane. My husband's a private pilot. I'm working online. We like to camp. And basically what you see is what you get. I'm, I'm a no hold barred. I don't fluff. I'm, I've been called brutally honest with a candid honesty. <laughs> some people appreciate it. Some people don't. But because of my life experiences and working with disabilities, I know a lot of other families, they just don't have the brain power for other stuff. Just tell me what I got to know, what I need to do. Let's move on because there's so many moving parts. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. That's awesome. Thank you. I have a few questions about RDSPs to gather information for our listeners. And you kind of touched on this a little bit, but can you tell us about ATB Wealth? Yeah, so ATB Wealth is another arm of ATB Financial. And as everybody knows, we're a bank here in Alberta. The exciting thing is, is ATB Wealth, I'm able to, before we used to be primarily just Alberta-based, but ATB Wealth, I'm able to start working with clients outside the province as well. I received approval to work with families with disabilities outside of Alberta, which I'm really excited about. But ATB Wealth, we do have, you know, lots of advisors from junior advisors up to senior advisors. And yeah, we work primarily with 
anybody who needs to invest and work on any type of financial plan. Like I said earlier, whether it's with disabilities, education savings plans, saving for a house, retirement planning, business succession, you name it, we do it. Nice. So you cover a whole gamut there. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to touch on RDSPDs today. Can you tell us what an RDSP is? Yeah. So an RDSP, the easiest way to think about it is a long-term savings plan for people with disabilities. Okay. It's, it's not there to save for education or for a house or anything like that. You can think of it similarly to an RRSP for, you know, your working average person, a retirement savings plan. The RDSP is set up for that long-term financial health to help people with disabilities in their retirement with a source of income because once you hit 65, you know, your income generally stops. People think of retiring, CPP and OAS starts kicking in. A lot of people who have disabilities don't have as much CPP and RSPs and things like that saved up. So this is in place to provide them with that income. And the cool thing with RDSPs is based on whether or not, you know, your family income and all these other moving parts, the government will actually contribute up to $90,000 worth of grants and bonds into this account for you based on income and things. So it's a substantial amount. And even if you're low income and you don't have a high income, you get that bond contribution for you. So even if you're not working, you can still open one up and get that bond contribution and have that grow over the years to help with your income down the road. Nice. What is the difference between a trust and an RDSP and how do they compare? Okay, so this is, this could be like a whole series that we could do. So I'll try and keep it short and brief. An RDSP is a registered savings plan that is registered with the CRA and everything, and you get the grant and bond contributions. A trust is more of a legal agreement that is set up. And specifically with people with disabilities, you have the Qualified Disability Trust or Henson Trust. There's lots of other forms of trusts as well, whether they're living or testimony, things like that. Trusts, you don't get that government grant or bond contribution into. They only apply for the RDSP product. And trusts are their own tax entity in a very basic way. So they're taxed differently and income sources. To work with an RDSP, basically you need to work with an investment company, an advisor like myself, or you know, our RBC one of the big five banks, credit unions, wherever. Trusts, you generally go to your lawyer and or accountant to set up, not your bank. So those are some of the key highlights between the two. When it comes time for opening up an RDSP, you can't just walk into a bank and talk to the person on the front line helping you. You have to do sit down with an advisor because they can be quite complicated. And like I say, with a trust, you need to talk to your lawyer and accountant to set those up. And just a little plug for us, in order to get an RDSP, you must qualify for the disability tax credit and VAD can help with that process. Yay, because that can be a very complicated process for a lot of people. I've heard of 
nightmares for that. So I'm so glad that your organization helps clients with getting through that process because it can be very overwhelming and very complicated. So I'm very happy to hear you guys can help with that. Yay. Who can open an RDSP? So you kind of just touched on that. So to open up an RDSP, there's a few criteria. One, as you mentioned, you need to have the disability tax credit. Without that, we cannot open up an RDSP. Okay, so that's step one. If you don't have the disability tax credit, don't even bother making an appointment with a financial advisor to start because we will need that. And in order to get the disability tax credit, you need to have your medical practitioner sign off on it, saying that you do have a long-term disability. You also need to be a resident of Canada. Pretty straightforward. And you need to have a social insurance number. That's pretty much it. So, you know, I'm going to age myself here a little bit, but long time ago, we never applied for a social insurance number until we had to start working, right? Now, as as soon as your child is born, you can register for a social insurance number. And you're going to need that for, like I say, the RDSP, but also if you ever want to think about setting up an RESP for your child. Again, you need that social insurance number. So as long as you have those three things, disability tax credit, Canadian citizen, and a social insurance number, you can open up an RDSP. Can I open an RDSP for somebody else? Good question. So where this kind of changes is with an RDSP, you have the holder, the person who opens the account, and you have the beneficiary, the person who has the disability. Okay. So if the beneficiary is under the age of 18, parent or legal guardian can open up the RDSP for that child. Okay. If you are over the age of 18 and you are contractually competent, which means you can read legal documentation and understand it and you have the mental capacity, you can open up your own RDSP. Or for somebody who's over the age of 18, if you have a legal trusteeship in place, so a trusteeship is somebody who is able to make decisions for your financial basis, that trustee can open up the RDSP for the beneficiary. So there's a few different ways to do it, right? Um, what I always recommend, and again, this comes from going through it myself, is if you are a parent of a child with a disability and the mental capacity is not there to understand financial documents and things like that, it is a lot easier and it's kind of preventative to apply for that legal guardianship and trusteeship before the child turns 18. Mm -hmm. Once that child is 18, there's a few little glitches that can occur, right? (laughs) So having those documents in place in advance is really helpful because when it does come time for making financial decisions, not just decisions, but helping your child go through everything, it makes life a lot easier. So a few different people can open it for the beneficiary. The main thing to remember is the beneficiary is the person with the disability. How does an RSP affect age as an exempt asset? 
So it's my understanding now, it's been a while since I've looked at AISH guidelines, but it is my understanding that AISH has certain exempt assets that you're allowed that doesn't fall within that $100,000 maximum amount of assets you're allowed. So within that list of exempt assets would be, your, you know, your primary residence, your vehicle for getting around, and in that is your RDSP as well. So um, quite often what happens with a lot of people, especially if they're able to work sometimes and their expenses are low because they have family support, they're getting close to that $100,000 limit with H on what you're allowed to have as assets. So that's where we have to work on, you know, maximizing the RDSP to exempt it, but also keeping funds in a TFSA, for example, so that they can have access to that. And it's not, I don't want to say locked in, but it's more accessible. There's not as many rules surrounding taking it out as within the RDSP. So that's why working with an advisor is important to make sure that all those moving parts are within their limits and everything is balanced just right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What age should you open an RDSP and how long can you contribute until? Open it as soon as you qualify. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. So if, if an infant is born and doctors sign off that they have a long-term disability, you can open it at six, at, as soon as possible, as soon as you qualify for the disability tax credit. The reason I say this is because when you open up an RDSP and contributions are made, whether that's personal, government grants, bonds, whatever, the longer you have to have that money invested and grow, the more money you're going to have at the end, right? So I just worked through a quick little calculator here, and I really encourage all of your listeners, if you go to rdsp.com, slash calculator you can plug in your own numbers okay so for an example i just like i say randomly worked through something if we have a five-year-old who qualified for the disability tax credit this year and opened it up and the family makes a net income of about sixty thousand a year again random numbers if they were able to contribute $1,200 a year, so hundred bucks a month, okay, and they contributed until that child individual at that point was 49, okay? So you're contributing for 44 years. If we invested that moderately before withdrawal started and then dropped down the investment risk a little bit once withdrawal started, that individual, okay, will get total approximately total lifetime disability assistance payments of 1.3 million dollars wow okay <laughs> that's what you want to start as soon as possible to have that time to have it grow now you you can open up an account in up until you're 40 49 kind of thing okay because the government will stop grant and bond contributions at the age of 49 because you have to start making withdrawals at the age 60. And the way it works is, again, there's lots of moving parts and everything, but grant and bond money needs to be in the account for more than 10 years. Otherwise it gets clawed back, okay? So that's why we generally suggest you contribute to 49 
because the grant and bond money will stop at that point. You can contribute after, you're just not going to get the grant and bond money. Um, and that's where, you know, working with those age limits and stuff works. But um, you have to start withdrawing at age 60. So long story short, open it up as soon as you qualify and before you're 50, basically. If somebody has an RESP and they acquire an injury and get qualified for the DTC, can that RESP be transferred over to an RDSP? Yes, it can. And our RSPs can get rolled over too. And again, there's rules surrounding everything, but long story short, yes. Because, you know, parents, they, they plan, right? You have, you know, kids, they're young, you open up RESP because you think they're going to go to university. Horrible accident happens, that person can't. Well, we don't want to see that money just disappear, right? Yeah. And neither does the government. So, yes, you can roll over an RESP into an RDSP. Nice. Can you share your thoughts on how RDSPs contribute to the disability community to better people's lives? Stress relief. <laughs> Number one, financial stress, money worries, is one of the biggest stressors. And if you can have the peace of mind, either individually or as a parent or caregiver for somebody else, that you have the long-term financial health looked after, it can alleviate that stress substantially. Money worries is on everybody's mind, especially in today's economy, right? So anything you can do to help. And RDSPs, because they need to be opened up with a financial advisor, that financial advisor is also gonna look at other facets of your financial life and anything they can do to help with anything in your financial situation they're going to do and that's just going to help with the stress level also for example that example i did earlier you know the average annual income that you're going to get from that rdsp for that child who opened it at five it's going to be about fifty nine thousand dollars per year when you're 65 years old if you have an income of about fifty nine thousand dollars per year that's going to help hugely, right? I don't care who you are, whether you have a disability or not. $59,000 a year is substantial. So that's how it can help the disability community the most is just providing that financial security for the long term, right? Awesome. Can you tell us how someone gets a hold of your services? Call me. <laughs> and what is your number? So my direct phone number is 403-863-3179. That's my cell number. I've always got it. You can also email me. My email is bgasner at atv.com. And of course, you can always call ATV itself. We do have a lot of different advisors that can help. We have our Wealth Advice Center that can help as well. ATV's phone number is 1-800-332-8383. And they can put you in touch with the right person for whatever you need. I've even had people call that 1-800 number and say, I heard Brandy talk about something. She's an advisor. Can you put me in touch with her? And they can find the way. Again, lots of people to get a hold of. And if nothing else, you can always just walk into your local branch and say, hey, I need to talk to somebody about an RDSP. 
but to get a hold of me specifically, call, email me, and I'm always around. Nice. Thank you for your time and energy today, Brandy. Your support to the community is of value to all. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our audience today? Thank you. I've I've worked with your organization off and on for about a year and a half now, and the support I've received from your organization and vice versa has been really, really valuable. I appreciate all the work that you do to help families with disabilities. You know, you're across the board. It's not like you just help a group with one particular type of disability. So the fact that you help everybody is amazing. RDSPs, basically in summary, if you qualify for the disability tax credit, there's absolutely no reason you shouldn't open one up. Some people have asked me in the past, you know, I have an RDSP with such and such an institution, but I'm not getting the advice. Can I move it to you? And yes, we can transfer these types of accounts from one institution to another. It does take time. It's not an easy process, but it can be done. The big thing is, is if anybody has any questions, just ask. If we don't know the answer, we'll find out for you. It's easy. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for joining today's podcast. Voice of Albertans with Disabilities is a cross-disability, nonprofit organization of and for people with disabilities. We are guided by the principles of accessibility, equity, and inclusion. Learn about VAD services on our website at vadsociety.ca or call 780-488-9088 for more information. If you have a topic you would like to hear more about in our podcast, please email myself at vad at vadsociety.ca with topic ideas, speaker suggestions, or your feedback. Signing off for the day, together we hold the power.